The Youthscape Podcast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome not only to the Youthscape Podcast episode, whatever it is, but to the week that at the end of the week, Martin is going to be stressing out with the National Youth Ministry Weekend having a wonderful time. I'm already stressed. Are you? I'm fully stressed. <laughs> You're fully stressed. In fact, by the end of this week... Oh, you'll be fine. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be, you'll be holed up in Patisserie Valerie on the bottom floor oh, of the centre. Take me back to Patisserie Valerie. Patisserie <laughs> Valerie. Oh, so Martin, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling about uh, uh, all yeah. things youth work? Well, it's very exciting. What a privilege to be able to gather and convene a thousand youth workers. Are they different things, gathering and convening? I don't know. Do you know when you're gathering and do you know when you like morph into the convening aspect of I don't, it? I, I don't know. I think it's a different um, end of the candle, isn't it? I, oh, is it? Okay. I think that was, I was trying to be inclusive. Some, oh, some of our brothers and sisters in Christ gather and others convene. And some but, hang out in the, in the ladies' loos. That's what I do. Because <laughs> the ladies' loos the ladies. at the centre is amazing. Like, it's yes. long. Oh, it's mirrors. Do you remember the first National Youth Ministry weekend? Hello, I'm Martin Saunders. This is Rachel Gardner. <laughs> Welcome to the Escape Podcast. Do you remember the first National Youth Ministry weekend yes. where we had 650 people oh. and four toilets? And there was one point where there were zero functioning toilets. Oh, yeah, because the toilets broke. And lovely Bob, who has been on this podcast, who is a beautiful man and a giant the kingdom of God had his marigolds on yeah. and was saying just ha- just hold them in there for a minute I'm just gonna clean empty the toilet wow uh, yeah amazing so that. those are the glory days but they're the bygone glory days we now have flushable toilets and we convene and gather <laughs> and it is it is so exciting because it is it is youth workers like your dear selves listening and probably some who are like shouting us like I can't be there shut up but people from all across the UK and beyond and beyond volunteers paid workers those who feel that they should have a seat at the table those that are like really what am I doing in this role so it's so exciting isn't yeah. it and we gather together we convene and we get excited about this corner cool what I like about it yes. is that we don't we, we try really hard not to patronise anybody we have this sort of we don't we don't try and put on a show yeah we have a great big family gathering yeah for people who love God and love young yeah. people and yeah. I want to take this stuff seriously and so uh, we all get together in a big yeah. room, and there's 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 just a there is a platform, but mm. in a sense, everybody it's not very high. Ev- it? It's not very high, but everybody involved in the event yeah. is kind of on a level because we're yes. all taking youth ministry seriously, and some of us are leading it from the stage, yeah. and some of us are leading it from the back. But um, oh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's I think it's a beautiful, thing. I think yeah. it's a beautiful event. I'm very excited about it. Talk to me in a week's time might have been a complete disaster. No, but I think I think most things that are super exciting always feel like they are one one minuscule idea away from disaster. I think that's true. Do you, do you know the um, uh, the Saturday night of the first National Youth Ministry Weekend um, was just absolutely amazing. Mm. When I think about it now, we had uh, Chris Russell uh, yeah. gave gave one of these the most amazing preachers I've ever heard on yes. Lazarus. Yes. Uh, Miriam Swaffield yes. gave this incredibly inspiring talk where yes. you suddenly thought, oh. It's possible. Youth yes. ministry is possible. Yes, yeah, yeah, which was amazing. And then um, I remember some of the music in that. We we had to, we had a kind of. I mean, it sounds a bit weird to say this now, gentle listener, but we had a kind of La La Land yeah. uh, tribute. It was piece. Yeah, but it worked. Did. It worked beautifully. And Jennifer. and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I remember beforehand, before that session, um, saying to somebody, 
I think we're taking too many risks. I think we've we've got there's nothing in this session that I'm not worried about. That I know Chris is going to do something theologically risky. Yes. Uh, I've no idea what Miriam's going to say. She just is risky, isn't and, she? And the Flanagans have been working on a La La Land concept worship what could thing go wrong? in their living room. Yeah. This is going to this is all going to blow up in our faces. And actually, it was just incredible. Well, beautiful. I think probably God. Had something to do. Do you think God, God with how was well in that control went. rather than you? Probably. God, God, I would say God. Good. God is affirming that La La Land is the greatest film Ooh, ever made. La La Land. Anyway, but I mean, I, I suppose we, you and I, have entered that beautiful space of like sharing the memories because I, I think <laughs> like people, old people, like old people, like we know full well. But this is what's so beautiful, actually, about being a youth worker, volunteer, slash minister, however you phrase, name yourself, at such a time as this, is that, without wanting to be too grand about it, in a sense we are, we're creating, like history is being made, like we are in this role at a time when Soul Survivor like lays down, other stuff like jumps up and there's new things happening over here and there's different types of gatherings. Like it, I feel there's a real energy at the moment, Martin, yeah. around youth ministry again. And for whatever reason, a lot of attention now back on actually young, young young people yes like they're, they're out there yes and who's reaching there like, and i think this is super exciting so i'm i'm excited to see my my hunch and my hope is that when i'm in the you know ladies lose predominantly and chatting to some of the girls that are there and when i'm hanging out in the coffee shop i think i'm going to meet people who even a couple of years ago would never have come to a, a an event for youth workers yeah. but now they are because they realize this is not just stuff that we do with young people that we siphon to the side, but this is actually, this is the church of today, absolutely. But it is also about the church of tomorrow, because if you as a church leader are not listening to under 18 year olds, you are leading the church into a future that doesn't exist. So I have a hunch we're gonna have a lot more church leaders there, a lot more folks who are just concerned mm. about the future of the church, because they're gonna learn from youth leaders mm. how you actually contextualize the gospel for this generation. What's that exciting? Me. Yeah. What's exciting about that is, if you look at culture, um, you know, Greta Thunberg yes! is, is the icon of the day. Got, as far as I know, no Christian faith or religious background at all. Um, but, but it's, I mean, I remember last year at the National Youth Ministry Weekend, Kenda Creasy-Dean was talking about the, the young people who, mm. who rose up after the, um, the massacre in Florida. Yes, I know. And, um, and, and that was an a, a amazing kind of challenge <laughs> yeah. because she said, you know, why didn't they need God? And I think the same is true of, of Greta to and some extent. And it was two weeks later, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. we saw this photo of this 15-year-old girl sat on her own yeah. outside her parliament. Yeah, absolutely. And a year later, you know, to, millions to are some extent, <laughs> To some extent, again, though, why doesn't she need God? Yeah. And where is, where is, why isn't God big enough for mm. these young people? Mm. And what's exciting is I feel like within the church, um, we're now seeing a bit of a refocusing mm. onto that, you know, mm. the, the hope um, and the uh, the power of listening to young people, and actually at the event this year, we're going to have some young voices yeah. uh, speaking to. We have to, of course, we have to, for goodness' sake. Yes. Um, so, so that's really exciting. You are this year what? doing what Saturday I? night. Am I doing Saturday night? You're doing let me just, Saturday let me just night. Just put out my diary. Just writing it in there now. So, Rachel, you're doing Saturday night this year. We have agreed so, this. So. We have agreed this in advance. <laughs> um, what what is it? What is it like at an event like that to do? Like a to to get up and do a preach to a thousand youth workers. Like, how do you feel? Do you find that because you? Do, I mean, in the summer you speak to many more young people than that. Mm. But when you speak to youth leaders, is there more pressure on you, mm. or is it more exciting? Or what what is it yeah. like? Yeah, well, there is there is both more pressure and both more permission as well. So the pressure is 
actually anybody in this room right now has something on their heart that they could come and take the mic and they could deliver this because being a communicator on a platform is not about being a communicator on a platform it's about having something to say and, I, and I'm in a room with everybody that has stuff to say so because people are kind of tuning their ear to your voice for 25 minutes or whatever it is you want to I really want to make sure that I've done due diligence on their behalf that actually mm. the stuff that I've dug deep into and thought about it kind of all stretch a bit and and that yeah that so that feels like a huge responsibility the permission bit is that you're suddenly bringing stuff into a crowd where you haven't got to like explain the parameters and set the concepts like we suddenly we're all in that same mm. groove and that's mm. really exciting and I think all of us, we're all communicators, aren't we, in our different ways, however we communicate. You know that moment when, you're, when you say something or you sing something or you write something and you feel, oh, I've caught the, I've caught the, mo I've caught the spirit at the moment or you've yeah. caught what the room is, has faith for. Maybe, I mean, mm -hmm. that's a kind of Pentecost way of saying it, but what do we as a room have, have, have faith? So I think, actually, when, when I'm sitting in a room listening to a speaker, I, it's not a passive role, it's quite active because how I'm receiving that almost sets the agenda of how much we as a group are going to believe this. Yeah. So I'm getting I'm getting a little bit off on a while, I'd say about this. No, but I good. think and I think in the past I used to feel I'd be speaking to a room and they wanted information and they were sitting there thinking, Oh, is she worth listening to? Whereas now I feel when I speak to youth workers, I don't feel I hear a cynical comeback. I hear a Oh right, we've got faith for this. Like what how you you stretch us because we're ready to be stretched. So I yeah. So I feel this kind of infinite possibilities idea is is brilliant because I would say that is a spirit that I'm seeing in youth workers all across the across the place. Mm. So I think we're we're going to catch something really beautiful together. Wow! So come hungry, people, rock up hungry. And if you I think. if you can't come, don't worry. Yes, it'll be rubbish. But if you yeah, are coming, awful. if you are coming, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yes. Um. So you are now, as we've previously discussed, Preston. in Preston. No, I'm a Northwest girl, yeah. And uh, as our Northern correspondent now, yes! you've been getting some interviews. Just, anyone listening is like, oh, they're rolling their eyes because I'm still a Southerner that's trying to have Northern kudos. It's an amazing place, amazing city. There's some amazing stuff happening. I'm but wondering whether the accent's going to slowly morph. I don't know. I think I've become even more sort of Hertfordshire, really, when I'm up north. <laughs> even more Hertfordshire? Yeah, that kind of like bath. Oh. I think I'm even more like Do that. they make fun of you up there they for the do, way you speak? Yeah, absolutely, of course they do. do they? And in fact, back in the summer, on the day when Boris Johnson became Prime Minister, I was like doing my typical extrovertism, took my kids on the bus, wanted to chat to lots of strangers. Nobody wanted to talk to me about what was happening in Westminster. Nobody. And it's not because they haven't got a political bone in their body or because people aren't politically engaged, but I'm suddenly realising I'm living in a part of the country where, that feel... Possibly that Westminster's let them down on many, you know, it's kind of, I'm stepping into a different kind of conversation. It's really interesting thinking, I've got to learn, I've got to listen and shut up and close my mouth and just listen to uh, church. Amen to that. <laughs> yes. I might get to say something on this podcast. Yes. Good heavens. So that's good, yeah. Did, do you think they, they heard the accent and sort of held you responsible? <laughs> Is that what it was? They like, oh, she sounds a bit like Boris. <laughs> she said, yeah, she's, her hair's a bit like Boris. She's a bit flamboyant like him. I'm your hair, just... your hair's now back to normal, isn't it? Is it? Back because to over the summer, normal. if you were at Soul Survivor and you saw Rachel, <sighs> she had some sort of hair oh, malfunction. I'm, I'm serious, hair. There were many malfunctions in my what? body over what? the summer. <laughs> I guess there were. We've had those that conversation. <laughs> my hair is now back to. 
natural fake, basically. Natural fake blonde. As opposed to a hard border, which I had like like, very dark roots and a line and then blonde and very blonde hair. And I went to the hairdressers again in Preston and said to her, could you deal with my Brexit hard border hair, please? And she just said to me like, what? I was like, oh, just give me some foils. Okay, I understand. It's not a joke that that worked. No, it didn't work. In Preston. So there we go. I love Preston. You did did meet somebody wonderful to talk to in Preston. And that's who we... So, so introduce today's interview, please. Well, I, yes, her name is Beth Bright. She's brilliant. She uh, is. I'm going to force her to sit down and listen back to her interview because she was like, "Oh no, that was awful," but it was amazing. Beth is the youth worker of the church that Jason and I are part of, planting into Preston City Centre. And I suddenly thought it'd be good to chat to Beth because over the summer, as it's a church plant, Beth is a youth worker of a church with no teenagers, and so her role is about sort of asking big questions about who do we need to reach? Like, who is God asking us to reach? Who's here? And I suddenly thought, actually, how would you get your head around that? Like, you're a youth worker for a church with no teenagers, so you could do anything, and that is both exciting and terrifying. You're also part of a church plant, so people are watching to see whether it works or not. So there's a huge amount of pressure, so both that pressure and permission stuff. So I caught up with Beth and asked her just to give us a little bit of an insider. So we interviewed this before she'd even run run her first thing with young people. And this is what she had to say, it is gold, enjoy. My goof game podcast. Yeah, that's a good one, that'll make it. So Beth, tell us, who are you, where are you from? I'm from Wigan, I grew up in Wigan um, and Lived in Watford for a few years, about five years. Um, yeah, so I'm a Wigan girl at heart. <laughs> and you're now living in the mighty city in Preston. of Preston. Yeah, loving it. We're living in Forward, which is um, about 10 minutes drive from the centre. And it's very different to what I'm used to. It's very suburban and quiet. <laughs> um, but oh, we're loving, we love Preston so much. Like, mm. such a fun place to live. Um, just loving getting to know the area and all the people. And, Fantastic. Yeah. So you're a youth worker. How, yes. how did you get into youth work in the first place? Mm. What's your story? Well, I think all my whole life I've spent around people that are passionate about young people and youth work. My, my dad's a youth worker um, and loves young people. And I remember growing up, we used to go to like Booker and get uh, the tuck shop for the youth club um, and we'd go with him and we'd help him choose what, what sweets to get and I used to ask him like to bring home to, you know the terrific turtles from youth yes, group and stuff yeah, yeah before before I was old enough to go so we used to do that and I think just surrounded by that passion and like real love for young people and seeing them thrive and um, and I think just having when I was younger and when I was a teenager just having women that weren't necessarily in my vicinity um but Christian women that I looked up to like we used to go so it was part of my dad being the youth worker at the church we used to go to see the worldwide message tribe we used to go as a family as well and um there was a woman called Emma, who was the the girl in the band, and I used to like copy her with the hip hop like trousers, the trousers yeah, and the cornrows yes. like yeah, the braids. Yeah. Um, I used to just massively look up to her in that like strength and um, 
real strength in God, but in her as like a woman, which yeah, mm. so cool to look back on. And um, I used to, as a big fan girl, used to go and try and talk to her after every concert. And she'd remember me, she'd say, remember my name and remember what we yeah. talked about last time. And I think that had a massive impact on me. And just, I think, even from an early age, I was like, I want to be like that for someone. I, wanna, I want someone to feel inspired as a woman and as a Christian um, by like watching what I do and me like lead yeah going through that together and it's incredible to think isn't it that for you I know that your brother's a youth worker as well yeah yeah but um almost like your calling happened way before you guys were even born like as your dad stepped into the calling almost like this path and and for some of us we we do stuff that's so different to our parents and for others of us it feels like a family business so interesting yeah so in a nutshell so you you've worked with young people in in different cities and different places Mm -hmm. in a a nutshell how would you sort of explain your your experience Mm. of of serving young people what does that look like for you yeah I think to describe it it's like you think you're alive until you're in a classroom or in in front of a group of young people in a church or outside church while young people are smoking weed on a graveyard and you think you're alive until you're there and you're telling them about Jesus and you're telling them about their purpose and their worth and then you're like whoa this is that's living like um so for me I think to describe it is to to be alive and to thrive and um I love being in those spaces where young people don't know anything about Jesus and they don't know anything about themselves and their worth and for me that's really where I I believe my like personal calling is um of of just being an influence and showing them who they are and how Jesus sees them um yeah so yeah yeah so you're now in Preston a new city and you're in a brand new role so you're part of a church plant in the city where there hasn't been any youth ministry from this church as far as we're aware Mm. in the past so so you're starting from scratch Mm. and I want to kind of dig into that with you because that is both I guess hugely exciting like you could do anything yeah also terrifying like how do you know what to do so so you've been in you've been in post how many weeks not very long uh just over a month just over a month so where is your head at Mm, everywhere (laughs) (laughs) um I think before I started I I emailed around loads of people that I've that are in youth work and have been in youth work and just asked them like if they were in my position what would they do and everyone said get a group together and pray so for me just starting in that in prayer and I think I don't I'm so aware that I don't want to put anything I don't want to just have programs going and that they mean nothing and young people come along to them because they're fun but in the grand scheme of things they're just programs so yeah just grounding it in prayer and um meeting meeting local youth workers and people that are in schools and all of that stuff and just seeing what's going on in the area and where the young people are hanging out and what the demographic is and um yeah what they like and things like that but my head is 
everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. I, I've heard you talk about um, youth work quite a bit recently. And what, one of the things that you say that I really love is you talk about wells. You talk about finding like where the waterfalls mm. are, where are the spaces that young people can't get. And almost holding yourself back from jumping into, we're going to do this. Mm. And really waiting until you see where young people are. Yeah. Where is their space? Have yeah. you, uh, how, how do you do it? Do you literally physically get out and walk around a place and yeah. get eyes on? Sort of yeah, thing? yeah just what like watching what's going on and where they hang out and um I think it's just being a presence but like a bit of an undercover presence like just walking through town and what um are they hanging out at McDonald's or is it KFC or are they is there a certain park that they go to and yeah I think just I find that really important to just as much as I want to run in there and do stuff it's so important to see where they are and the yeah the types of young people that are hanging around mm. here and um, I guess that that chance doesn't happen again does it is that's yeah, when you're fresh yeah. in a new place yeah. you've got the new eyes to see which yeah. is maybe in five months time we just don't have that anymore yeah. that ability to really see yeah. um so you you're a Wigan girl and I Preston's am. not a million million yeah. miles away from Wigan but it is a different culture it's a different space here mm. how, how do you find that like coming into a new space and thinking what is the culture here of young people mm. what have you noticed that you've had to rethink certain things or that's still a work in progress I guess yeah <laughs> I think it is it's just continually uh looking at stuff and reevaluating, and I think I was I'm surprised at how independent young people are in Preston um I guess because it's a city they're you they're often just in pairs walking around or in groups or there's yeah, I think um, I was surprised at the independence and it's, for me, sli- it's, I think it's slightly different to Wigan in that, um, but they're just happy to get on a bus and go somewhere or, oh, yeah. So that's going to be cool. Yeah, so great, yeah. So we've talked a little bit about coming to a new place, having a blank sheet of paper, just just paying attention, like paying attention mm. to where people are. I love that, that you do that. Mm. Um, I want to ask you also about your own sense of like, when there's nothing to pick up and, and you're starting from scratch and there isn't much to show for what we do. Like when we start a new place, there isn't yeah, a lot yeah. to show, is there? Yeah. How... How how is you know, what are you learning about the heart of a leader and mm. um, and how do you deal with that the ego mm. that we all have which is I like, yeah. want to bring a nice new shiny thing yeah. to everyone and say look I've done this and that, actually you're paying attention there's no new shiny thing yeah you're just what what's kind of going on in that space yeah that's hard because for me I'm a massive perfectionist as well so but there's nothing to perfect that's like up front so it's all on my laptop or like on a on a to do list and you can't necessarily tick things off after a day it's there's stuff on the to-do list that'll only happen at Christmas or Mm. in the new year so that's really hard and it's that I think I hold that weight of expectation sometimes of this is brand new and people know about it and I feel like people are looking like oh what what are they doing Mm. um yeah what what's the what's that presence in Preston and I think again it's just like being in prayer and finding um in our staff meeting the other week uh we were talking about nothing matters when you know the heart of God and when you know that his heart is as your father and I think that's something that I've really been uh like 
grappling with and learning more and more about of there's nothing to prove it's just it's all it's yeah just being a um I guess a vessel for what he wants to do and you can only do that if you wait and see what's going on and listen to his heart first so yeah as someone that's a perfectionist and loves ticking off boxes it's hard to be in that like waiting waiting time where you can't there's no point putting anything on yet Um, but yeah it's interesting isn't it I think it's so I speak to so many youth workers I know I know myself as well you want you want to be able to do you want because you want to make a difference don't you yeah, you want yeah. to do stuff because you want to see young people's lives transformed yeah, and encounter Jesus and be changed and we mm. know that it's a spirit that does it it's not yeah. what we do but equally we're stewards of what God's yeah, given us and yeah the space where you're just sowing seeds and it's yeah. all hidden underground yeah. it's very difficult um and and is, there, is this something that you faced before is that or is being in a new beginning is it mm. is this kind of a whole new level of this for you of like the undercover yeah like gosh what am I doing yeah I think since leaving sixth form many years well no not very many years ago, ago. <laughs> so I don't know how many five but, minutes ago <laughs> yeah it feels like there's I've not had a um um what's the word like I've not just I'm not settled um and it's I feel like there's been years here and there of planting seeds and then moving on or watching people Mm. and moving on and it's I think it is something that I probably needed to do for this moment it Mm. feels like a real homecoming of all the stuff I've learned and seen um yeah so I think yeah, yeah just learning to not um not need approval as mm. as hard as that is and like that's been really hard but it's a, it's still a massive journey isn't it of mm. Mm. um I really just, appreciate your honesty on this but yeah I really, like, I'm asking you this big question but that's an oversharer but, no, no, I love it but that I mean that's part of the reality isn't it I think with these podcasts we want to sort of talk about the headspace that women at the time because I think Mm. in a way there'll be a time when we look back and go oh actually that time when the youth work felt like nothing was happening it was such a precious forming time and often when we're in a situation we're so busy at thinking at getting at worrying about um the situation we're not yet in that we don't really pay attention to what what God's doing now so I mean what probably advice is not the word that you'd use but what advice would you give to anybody who might also be listening to this saying mm. I'm, I'm in a season where it feels really tough for whatever reason mm. um what would be your advice to other youth workers who are feeling the weight of expectation and, yeah. and that that sense of ego like I've got to prove myself and yeah. I know I don't need to but yeah. what would be your kind of wisdom that you're learning at the moment mm. I think just God pulls through, we've seen him do it and he'll do it again and um, I think just and that I, like again that's been a massive journey for me of you can't see the fruit of anything right now and all the work you've put in and all the tears and the stress and the fun and everything that's yeah that you've put in when it's not happening it's so difficult but God pulls through and if if we just kind of persist on learning what his heart is for us and for the young people around us and learn yeah learning his heart mm. as a father and um 
and what his purpose is, everything else is secondary mm. and it's like that's so easy to say. Mm. But I know like I've been through that and I'm going through that of not mm. not trying to prove and rush things. Yeah. Um and like you people we're not on our own, there's people surrounding us and I think especially for us, we're in this network um of churches and that's that's been so powerful to know that people are on the other end of the phone mm. and um people have done this before mm. we're not on our own when yeah so so reach out that's a great yeah, idea yeah. reach out to other youth workers yeah. that can maybe sometimes feel safer than sometimes our own leadership if we're feeling the expectations yeah from them, yeah that can feel helpful yeah and i guess the really interesting thing is at the moment you're a youth worker for a church that doesn't have any young mm, people yeah and i think that's a really interesting space because yeah are you a youth worker because you have young people or are you a youth worker because yeah. God's called you to that? Yeah. And, um, and I guess what I'm seeing you doing, which, which excites me, is it, it can be a danger with inheriting a youth group that you think, I'm a youth worker because of these seven young people or because mm. of these 70 young people. Whereas when you go into a setting like, I'm a youth worker because all of these young people in this area... Yeah, all, absolutely. Yeah, I want to work with them in certain yeah. ways. So suddenly your vision becomes enormous. Yeah. Because you think it's not simply that group I want to yeah the screaming in the background is probably my child and someone else's child having a little a little tip anyway um so so tell me a little bit about that like mm. you've come into a city I mean how has it really grown your vision of what of, of who the young people are that God's yeah to? yeah it's massive like I, f- I feel that huge weight of of the of the task of the area and um what we're here to do but it's also so fun to see what's going on and what people have already been doing and what they're doing now. And yeah, that it's just, it's, it's massive because you go into the office at nine o'clock in the morning and you have this plan of what the next year is going to look like. Yes. And then at four o'clock, it's like, oh no, that's <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, you hang out with a few kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, everyone think, no, that won't work for them. No. Yeah. Um, and beautifully, you said this morning, we had a meeting with the bishop and, and you, it was beautiful. You just said, yeah, I've got my youth group. They're all sat on the grave stones. Yeah. I thought, that's it. That, that is your youth group. That yeah. is, it's a different view of what church is. Yeah. Are, are people part of our church because they come to a service? service or because they're in our area yeah. and they're accessing some stuff that happens and we get to know them absolutely and that's the same with young yeah. people they're in your youth group because yeah. they're hanging out every day yeah. on the gravestone yeah. and yeah you love them yeah them. yeah absolutely um so what's your dream for the young people in Preston then what, what yes not your strategy yeah what, what's your dream what this you has hoping? been so exciting to plan even though well to like dream about even though the task is so big um the yeah I think for me it's I just I believe that these young people are a massive catalyst and that um they're going to influence Preston but not just Preston they're going to influence the world and like those kids that are around the back of the minster smoking weed and doing drugs and all of that stuff I believe that they're the leaders like as controversial as that sounds but I know Bishop Jill has this um Bishop of Blackburn has this real dream of the future of the church being led by almost the underdogs and the people that we don't we don't necessarily think of as leaders or um have had different experiences to some of us but they're the leaders and they're going to reach the people that um 
the places that they've come from and I believe that about our young people like not that they're just the leaders for the future but they're the leaders now and that um in they're in schools and they're in their neighborhoods and um they're they're the influencers they're they're what's going to change Preston and I think God's really been speaking to me about bravery and instilling that in our young people um and that just believing in them and that bravery to go into school and be proud that they're Christian and be proud of what they believe in and not to be ashamed or hide away of yeah of what they believe in and I just think that's going to be such an incredible ongoing like mission of going in this um 14 year old girl going into school being brave and standing up for for what she believes in and then some her friend comes to church and then they go into school and they're brave and yeah I think I just yeah it's such a great task and I believe in them and I believe that they've got such incredible things to offer um and the things that they're going through the opportunities that they have in Preston only they know that and then because they're in that in that area they can influence it and change it and yeah so I guess for me the challenge is almost stepping out of the way um and equipping them to do that um but it also looks like being brave for me so doing things that are well out of my comfort zone um but so that it's just a culture that we inhabit and we live it out and yeah so what will it take for wider church to really be able to do what you're saying. Mm. I mean, what, what is your... I mean, I haven't prepped you this question at all, but yeah. what is your message to why... Should we want to see a generation of leaders now, but also to vouchsafe the future direction of church? If we're really passionate that it's in the hands of those that yeah. society's written off. Yeah. What, what will it take from wider church yeah. to make that happen, do you think? From all of us. Mm. <laughs> I love your bravery stuff, by the way. Yeah. Um... I think it looks like it's trust um and even though things might look a bit shoddy (laughs) for a little bit even for me like people have put trust in me and things look a bit rubbish um but as time goes on you yeah you improve and you get you get better Mm -hmm. and your heart changes and I think that for me just that permission given of people that Mm. we don't expect yeah as shameful as that is we don't expect them to mm. to do that but giving them the permission to mm. lead and to um yeah to be more than what society says they are so i think it's trust and just letting them go for it and again that bravery of stepping out of the way and letting somebody else mm. um find their mm. calling I suppose mm. yeah Beth that's absolutely phenomenal I think we'll leave it there but I'm super excited that you're our youth pastor yes. I'm super excited I'm going to be not only your number one fan I'm like going to be, <laughs> yeah, I'm, like gonna be, oh, be <laughs> and I'm really excited about this vision and what God's going to do yeah um, impressing and yeah, with those amazing great. young people who Day one when we rocked up looked at us super suspiciously. Yeah. And they found out we weren't about to turf them off their land. Yeah, yeah. Things All they changing. want is a bin to put the cruise packets in. <laughs> do, do they though? <laughs> I was like, there's many bins around. I was like, 
here's a black bag, guys. You can, you can go here if you want. If you want. Only, only if you want to. You don't have to. You just leave on the floor. That's fine. That's fine. That's what you do anyway. That's what you do anyway. Excellent. Thank you. The Youth Gay Podcast. So, uh, Rachel, great interview. One of the, the things that comes out at the end there uh, is the permission that's needed if you're going to start something bold uh, in youth work if you're going to start something new you need uh, people in leadership around and above you who are going to support and empower you and trust you and also give you a bit of time mm. and there's that you know that phrase it might look a bit shoddy it might look a bit shoddy for a while um, you may not have the numbers or they may not be you know uh, coming in and singing Matt Redman songs in the in the service you know that may not happen straight away um, how long? Uh, how long are you going to give Beth? No, yes. how, how, <laughs> long, how, long, how long do you think you need to give somebody to actually, you know, as a, as a, how much permission do yeah. you need to give? How much permission? I thought, so I'd like to answer the how long, and it's not it's not an answer. It's just a thought I had. I remember a long time ago, a gardener saying to me, as in someone who does gardening, as opposed to shares my surname. What are you talking about yourself? Gardener, gardener said to me. Um, if you want to really know how to really get the most out of this garden, you've got to watch it for a year and work out what grows when and what doesn't grow. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to be doing things that are contrary to what can grow here. And I, I like that as a theory, a, a full 12 months. Not mm. that you don't do anything for 12 months, but in a way, I'm imagining that it probably will take a year of Beth observing and getting stuff going and letting some stuff die. And at the end of the year, I guess she'll go, oh, I've seen I've seen this city in a full year. I know where these young people are at. And mm. so I I think there needs to be a little bit of time for really prophetic observation and mm. imagination and lots of opportunities to fail and yeah. innovate in that in that space so I guess that that's a rhythm isn't it yeah yeah absolutely. What, what, what would you say because you've taken on a youth ministry you're now Ooh. involved with that massively. yeah so you've, you've taken on something that already exists yeah but you're seeking to grow it yeah um I think you're absolutely right like I was very fortunate that the first thing I tried worked quite well but, oh, I thought you were going to say work quite badly because no, you're no, quite no. a fan of failure. No, no, I'm a more of a fan of succeeding. Oh, are you? Believe it or not. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, actually, had we tried something, we would have had to give it six months just mm. to see whether whether th- the idea had... And as you say, maybe let something die, maybe tried something else. So um, uh, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, what, what exactly are we saying if we put any time limit on these things? But... Yeah. But yeah, certainly it sounds to me sensible that uh, yeah. uh, a whole calendar year gives you a chance to observe the ups and downs, the rhythms of terms yes, yes. and how young people behave at different times of the year. Yes. You know, we, we uh, in Surrey, we see uh, a big upturn in, in numbers in sort of September, October, November. We see very few young people want to come out around exam time or, yeah. or their parents will let them out around October, um, uh, exam time. Um, and so, um, so there's a sort of a rhythm to start yeah. to learn and observe. So you do need to be in uh, place for a full year yeah. to, to observe that calendar, as you say. But um, but after that, um, you know, unless someone is is, is clearly you know mm. incompetent, mm. you know, I mean, you've got to go for it. And yeah. You've got to give permission, haven't you? You've got to support. The permission bit's really interesting. What I've observed in our setting with our um, team, sort of lead team of leaders, is 
our sort of senior leader is profoundly permission giving. That's I think that's his default. He naturally does that, which is amazing. Mm. And what I've seen him do is he elevates people. And I think I, I and I want to see more youth workers in this setting where they are seen as a senior leader in the church. Now there'll be times when you come into a role and you've just landed, it's not appropriate to be a senior leader because you just need to get your feet on the table. But too often there are fantastic youth workers who are, who should be seen as a senior leader in the church Absolutely or the, or the right. diocese or whatever, yes. who are still treated as a sessional worker. Yes. So they're told, well I actually want you to do that, but they're never invited into the main meetings, right. they're, never given, they're never taken on retreat. And I think that's one thing because we're part of a church plant, being able to put in place right at the beginning is how are we going to see mm. each other are we going to see a hierarchy where there's this you know the, the clergy or whatever however you'd phrase it are there and then anybody else is very low down or is there going to be a much more of a flat structure and if you really want your youth ministry to grow see your youth team as as key in, in the whole mission of the church not and i think that's something so the beautiful thing that our church leader has done is when every member of staff has, has joined the team he's laid on a beautiful uh, car for them and, mm. and, and so treated them as kind of like you're, you're, I've shared that already in the podcast apologies but that sense of you're important to the whole mission of the church I think mm. more of us as youth workers need to hear that don't we yeah, yeah. so that's I, a I think I've shared this before uh, or part of it but I I went to um, uh, a gathering I went to observe a, 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 a while ago a convening yeah. of uh, the I think it was 50 fastest growing um, and probably many of them largest churches in the UK. So these were the churches that were um, that were all looking uh, to, aren't yeah, they? Uh, yeah. the, 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 the big ones. Mm. You know, you would know most of the names on the list. Um, and there were two hundred and fifty people at the event, and um, and and they were all going for growth. Of course, they were going for growth. Now you could tell me a lot about those demographics uh, without, you know, mm. I mean, of course, ninety five percent of them were men. Of course. 95% of them were white. Um, and, um, uh, you know, obviously they brought me in to give the input. Not really. That's not really true. I was there as a spy. Um, so <laughs> because you were white and male. I was. They, yeah, they were, I blended in fine. I looked like I should be on the staff of a mid-size evangelical church. Come on. Um, so, uh, yeah, but what was really interesting was going around, Chris Curtis and I sort of were were um, infiltrating this thing to try and learn about um, we were, no, we, no, no we were actually trying yes. to learn about learning community yeah, yeah, models so mm. we were thinking about um, I think it was before the National Youth Ministry Weekend mm. we were looking at could this work as yeah. a model Excellent. get gathering teams um, and so we, we, we kind of started chatting to people and each church that we talked to we realised they brought their top five leaders five top their top five, five leaders, leaders of ministries in the top church top five leaders so you'd have the senior pastor and then his top four guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, and as we walked around the room, we realised there were no youth workers. So not a single No one, one had brought a youth pastor. I think, to be fair, to name check them, St Peter's Brighton mm. and Soul Survivor mm. had brought... Soul Survivor, by the way, was a ta- table almost entirely of women. They stuck, <laughs> yeah. out. They stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> but I think they brought a youth yeah. worker. Yeah. Um, and, they'd already uh, like broken with tradition hadn't yeah, they bringing the yeah, women yeah. so you might then, as well let the youth and then St Peter's Brighton brought a youth worker but yeah. apart from that is that interesting no mm. and probably both of those churches didn't have to be taught didn't have to think let's bring no. a youth worker which no, no. is a natural that's interesting isn't it because I would, I would say that's I would say because I know some of the churches around the table and I know they're really for young people yeah. I know they really want to grow that but it's, it is that that it, just no one has said it's a mindset 
it's a mindset and no one has said and the old paradigms have to die we've got to kill them off yeah. and we've got to feel uncomfortable and get the new people in the, in the space or if one of these five men actually their responsibility is youth work then get them there as as the person who's responsible for youth work not like that's a little kind of thing we don't we don't talk about you know that's that's fine but yeah no, I just remember this awful oh. phrase they kept using right if you hear anyone in your church say these words you're allowed to swear at them. Ah, on, okay and I the phrase wait. is leadership pipeline leadership pipeline leadership pipeline mean? it's all they kept talking about they were like guys you've got to develop your leadership pipeline it's like getting more leaders i think it's the way that you're developing the white males your white male leaders <laughs> through a pipeline the rest of us are outside that's right like having a Phone party. You, you girls aren't allowed in the pipeline because you might be left alone with one of the men and you'd be unable to control yourself. So you have to stay outside the pipeline. The if you Honestly, if you hear anyone say leadership pipeline in your church, will you please email us? Podcast at youthscape.co.uk. We want to know the worst offenders for leadership pipeline. Oh, anyway. Everyone's like, oh, I quite like a leadership pipeline in no, my church. No, no, no. Seriously. Anyway, seriously, we don't, no. okay. So um, I had one more thing to say, which was I'm all for permission, but not, not, not when that means abandonment. Oh, you know, when you yes. sort of say, yeah, I'm just giving you permission it. to do what you want to do. You've got permission to fail. And then when you do, I will hang you out to yeah, dry yeah, yeah, yeah. because you messed up. Yes. Permission has to come with support yeah. mm-hmm. and, and encouragement and, and regular check-ins. And, and you know, there's yeah. some very practical elements that yes. go alongside permission. Okay, I just had a thought because we are totally preaching to the converted. Like everyone listening to this is like, yes, 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 yes. So we need to create a podcast called Leadership Pipeline. <laughs> and then we'll get all the people listening to it that we want to like actually start doing the stuff that like... Leadership Pipeline. We can't, it can't be contained within the youth ministry because that, I mean, that is my bugbear. I think actually at the moment I'm getting quite frustrated thinking I'm meeting awesome youth ministers, leaders, you know, denominational leaders of the youth ministry who we all get this but how do we get this through to the next le- like how do we infiltrate the we paradigms need a, we need a pipeline so we're gonna we're gonna launch leadership pipeline wow <laughs> Rachel that would be hilarious and all right. our guests the one other important thing that came out yes. of that interview okay. one behave one of yeah, those, okay. uh, one, one thing that came out was um, was Beth talking about shopping for the tuck shop. Oh, I love it. it was Because Jason is her line manager. Can you imagine Jason being your line manager? So, and Beth says, I think I need some tuck. And Jason's like, right, let's do it now. I've got the micro card. Like how many thousands do you yes. want? And Beth's like, oh, yeah, back in your box, gardener. Yeah. So yeah, what is, your, what is your tuck of choice? Well, I, this has been a delight for me. Because as you know, I've, I've taken over the leadership of youth work at my church. And that means the most important thing, not that, I, not that I get to see young people come to faith, Flourish. but that I have a booker's card. Oh, booker's and card. And so uh, I get to go every other week and buy tuck. And what's amazing to me is um, how much we go through. And how it's so, literally I mean, changed in the years. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we go through buckets and buckets of this stuff. And there is this little voice yes. at the back of my head yes. that's like, this probably isn't good. Yes. Like, this is probably isn't a good thing that we are filling our kids with sugar and we're using this stuff as bribery. Yeah. I don't know if this is a good idea. Mate. I've done nothing about that little oh, voice. No. Uh, at the moment, I'm just buying the sugar. It's obviously it's a sugar pipeline, isn't there? There I is a sugar pipeline. We've There's a corner shop around the corner Sorry. from St. Mary's Rygate. And we've started a sort of price war with them. 
because they're jelly snakes they were undercutting us by 5p <laughs> so we've we've had to we've had to start looking at price matching basically you're the mafia it's like the apprentice okay. you see that's um that's charles for you isn't oh, it the first uh, the first jelly snakes free <laughs> No, the um, then sign up for the ship pipeline and you'll get the rest. Yeah, but no, my favourite is the jelly snake. So that's where I was going. Is they 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 do these uh, giant jelly snakes, but they're not in plastic wrappings. You can't get them out. Like we do caribos in packets because they're like no human hands have touched it. Yeah, but Rachel, think of the planet. I know that's a very good point. Like, how do we do this now? Oh my goodness, my world is is collapsing. Right, anyway, I feel that, that the wonderful energy of this podcast, I feel like we're judging, you know, like when your car runs out of petrol and you just begin to judder like that? I feel like we're in that space. Do I know, you, what, do you know what's going to happen this weekend? What's going to happen? A number of people are going to come up to me and say the words leadership pipeline. <laughs> like, with a big grin. Where's, where's that? Where's that stream at the conference? Have you done a leadership pipeline stream, Martin? Where is it? <laughs> Where is it? Please do. Oh, I will give free jelly snakes to anybody that comes and does that. In fact, I might get some t shirts made up. That'd be amazing. So, our shout outs. Let's do some shout outs to people. Let's do shout outs to all the people that are not coming to yes. the National Youth Ministry Weekend for whatever reason. Yes. And to those that are going to camp outside and try and sneak in. Oh, yeah. Do I you think it. there are, have we got to the stage of the National Youth Ministry Weekend where there's a bloke in a donkey jacket outside <laughs> going, uh, National Youth Ministry Weekend, Lenny Spears. We would love. Yeah, that's, that's producer Rachel. Producer Rachel yeah, could do that. She's going to do that because she's not officially YouTube anymore. So Lenny Spears, buying, selling. Oh, oh my goodness, she knows everything about the inner workings of Youthscape. This is this is fear mongering. Anyway, so yes, all of you who can't be there, we love you. I mean, and seriously, cheering you on. Want to get some good stuff your way? So stay in touch and tune in, and we'll give you little snippets of what's happened. Yes. Also, uh, hello to Rachel Gardner. What? Uh, I'm in, here. Uh, in Woodmanstone. And hello to Rachel Gardner oh, yes. in Harrow. <laughs> oh, yes, it's too much. Imani, a little shout out for you, who I mentored for a couple of years. And now, Helen, you mentor her beautifully. She said that the girl that runs her Christian Union is called Rachel Gardner. That's right. As discussed like, on a previous podcast. Oh, I see. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, right. Well, look, okay. after that continuity error. Shut up! We're going to say goodbye. We goodbye. Love you. Bye. Oh, you're recording. You heard me say drinking youth workers podcast. Brilliant. <laughs>